37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Pixelated Paranormal, episode 115. And uh, we got a little surprise here, guys, because that's right. This is the return of Cryptid Encounters. Now, the strange creature we're going to talk about this evening, despite his hulking size, is actually rather small in comparison to a lot of other heavy hitters like Mothman or the Jersey Devil. So, ironically, this encounter will be shorter than most. But what is interesting is the fact that uh, I may or may not have a strange personal connection to the creature we're going to be talking about, known as the Grafton Monster. And we'll get into that more here in just a minute. But first, I wanted to, uh, or rather we wanted to, have a couple announcements. Uh, What all's been going on with the old pixelated paranormal recently so um first and foremost i don't know what that what that accent is it's me trying not to choke on the (laughs) beer i was swallowing um first and foremost it's just preston and i on this episode because steven is carefully honing and crafting our our little bundle of joy that we're about to push out into the world because we have our first ever spinoff podcast or a sister podcast, or companion podcast. Anyway, a new podcast rolling out from Pixelated Sausage Network. And I'm not going to tell you the name yet, but Steven and our good friend of the show, Brady, our good buddy from back, way back even from high school up until now, Steven and Brady are going to be rolling out a podcast, and then uh, we're going to be attacking that onto the Pixelated Sausage Network. It's going to kind of be a sister show to Pixelated Paranormal. Um, but it's going to be a slightly different topic. So, and, and guess what? It's not going to be true crime. <laughs> Everybody's doing that true crime thing, and they should all stick to it, and we'll stick to what we're good at. But uh, yeah, Preston and I, we will have our fingers in that pie as well, but it will be predominantly Stephen and Brady at the helm. And then uh, Stephen will, you know, join us from time to time throughout the months and throughout the episodes. But uh, yeah, got a really fun new product. Uh, project uh, rolling out. The other fun news is I'm not going to edit this episode at all. Why? Because it's Tuesday night at about 10 till 11 p.m. And uh, we've just had nothing but craziness in our lives in the last week and didn't have time to record. So uh, you're probably tired of hearing my voice by now. Preston, anything new with you, buddy? Yeah. uh, The the one thing I wanted to point out is, uh, Isaac, I was fucking serious about (laughs) Star People Part 3, and you're not getting it till I get my song. (laughs) Oh, he made you a song, buddy. Oh, did he? (laughs) We're just waiting for him to polish it up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he did. He he definitely did make you a song, but I I believe he said he's going to put a little polish on it and then uh, send me the final. So yeah, you got that. But seriously, huge thank you to both Isaac and Mindy for last episode because uh had a lot of good stuff from both of you guys and we really yeah. really appreciate you taking the time out of your days to uh, to think of us you know oh yeah and uh, i'm uh i'm uh back to sculpting for halloween and i'm uh currently working on a zombie sculpture right now shit yeah i'm excited dude yeah 
I'm excited. Um, yeah, Preston and I are both uh, blowing the dust off and getting some artistic projects taken care of, and feels good. Good for the good for the heart. Good for the soul. And uh, you know, another reason why we're late is it's October second right now as we record. That means Wichita Horror Fest is in full swing, and I just got out of seeing Poltergeist on the big screen a little bit ago. So. One more reason why I totally forgot we were supposed to record this week. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's awesome stuff. We're, we're excited. We've got a really fun show planned. I don't think there's any other real announcements at the moment. We've got some other stuff in the pipeline, too, but we'll get to that. T-shirts are coming. Um, also, I guess, yeah, the other announcement. Speaking of Isaac uh, and and Thieves in the Night, or fucking hell, I'll, I'll never not say Thieves, thieves in the Night. <laughs> Speaking of Star People, we were going to roll out Star People Part 3 next week, but it will come to you guys one day late, because with Horror Fest, Steven and I are normally tied up Mondays and Tuesdays uh, being at the theater, so we're going to record this, but we're not going to get it out to you guys until next Thursday, so you're going to get the next episode one day late, but we'll have a lot of good stuff packed in there, so... Presto, you got anything else as far as announcements or newsworthy things to drop? No. Well, before we get started on tonight's tale and my startling personal revelation attached to it, Preston, you recently had something strange happen to you guys, so why don't you go ahead and share that with us first? Yeah, so it uh, it was uh, last, uh, it was actually, so we went to the concert, the Black Keys concert Tuesday, so this would have been last Monday. Real quick, how was that? How was Black Keys? Oh, uh, dude, it was fucking awesome. Uh, Modest oh, yeah. Mouse was a little crappy. Like uh, I heard they were a lot crappy. <laughs> yeah, like you unfortunately, couldn't you couldn't understand anything they said. That their sound kept going out. Um, their guitars were like out of tune. Um, but you know what? The Black Keys came out and they they were phenomenal. So they more than made up for it. And we got upgraded tickets. We were going to be in Nosebleed, yeah. uh, two thirty two, all the way up top. And uh, we got upgraded right next to the stage, and they had my sign fuck or my numbered fucking print of a skull with around like a mushroom, a uh, little like a mushroom patch that's like psychedelic looking. Yeah, and uh, it it was just a blast. It was a great concert and and a good time. So that's awesome, dude. Hell yeah! But the the night leading up to it, so Monday night, um, I uh, I'm a snore, a really bad snore. And uh, so the missus some nights can't sleep, and so the the boxer and I uh, take refuge on the couch, since we both snore. Uh, you know, we keep it keep each other company. And uh, I was uh, sleeping, and uh, I I had this this dream, and uh, we were basically Jeffrey and I, and my brother and Addie, we were at uh, a concert, and uh, we were at this this venue. Uh, it was almost like uh, kind of like the Sprint Center. It was like you know glass all the way around on the outside, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it was really tall. And we were in uh, the middle of the the set change, so I'm like, I gotta go out and I gotta get this poster. Like these are limited number posters. If I don't get it, I'm gonna be pissed. And uh, so we we walk out to uh, the rotunda of this of you know this event center. And it turned into a Middle Eastern bazaar. So there were all these like shop vendors. <laughs> and I'm like, I just, I want this fucking poster, guys. Like, just stop. Give me this poster. <laughs> and so I'm going to all these different street vendors trying to find this poster. And 
It's not happening. And finally, I get to the end, and there's a family of gypsies there, and the little boy kept telling me, it's okay, it's okay, just give me your credit card. I can order it online. It'll be authentic. It'll be real. It'll be good. It'll be great. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, don't don't try to scam me out of my fucking post. Give me my credit card back, you little street rat. I am not down for this. <laughs> Did you just watch Aladdin? Is that why this is all fresh to you? Maybe. <laughs> So I'm making my way back. I'm like, oh, shit, the concert's about to start. And uh, I, I finally meet up with Jeffrey. And we we start to kind of get into an argument. And uh, she's like, honey, we're, we're going to be late for Brad Paisley. And I'm like, wait, hold the fucking phone. <laughs> I Brad fucking Paisley? Like, this I'll is, be damned. <laughs> I'll be damned. Like, I no, why, am we, why are we at a Brad Paisley concert? And I'm getting all upset. And uh, so we start to way, make our way back into the concert area, and all of a sudden, the air got really cold, and uh, I started to feel this vibration, and she was like, oh my god, what's that, what's wrong? And then the glass cracked, and I said, oh shit, so I grabbed her real quick, and I braced myself against like one of the, you know, the, the metal bars or whatever, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. as the glass cracked, there was so much pressure that it sucked everybody else out. And I'm like trying to hold on for dear life. Now, at this point, even though you would think that, you know, I'm at a Brad Paisley concert and there's a Middle Eastern bazaar in the rotunda, and uh, I would tell myself that this is a dream, but I could feel it. Like I could feel the air pressure, I could feel the coldness. Um, that, that pole sensation of us being sucked out, like I could feel all that. So I'm starting to panic, like, oh my God, this is real. And, uh, you know, we, er, as everybody's like being sucked out and, uh, they're falling to their deaths, uh, eventually the pressure normalizes and I'm like, oh my God, we got to go find my brother. We, we have to go find Addie. And then the, the TVs outside, um, you know, like up on the wall, we're talking about this terrorist attack and how, like, you know, they were bombing the area. So we make our way back in, and uh, I, I finally find, you know, I finally find Jason, and I finally find Addie, and they're in, they're in their seats. And then the stadium starts to collapse inward, and so I'm like, well, shit, we got to get out of here quick. And uh, so we're trying to make our way out. And then the next thing I know, the floor kind of collapses downwards and we start sliding down. But off to the side, there are people with uh, these, uh, you know, like on an airplane, how they had that inflatable slide so you can slide down to safety. Oh, yeah. Right. Basically, they inflated one of those and they're like motioning us to try to roll that way. So all of us roll that way. And I'm like, oh, shit, we're, we're going to be OK. We're sliding out of the building, we're sliding down, and I'm holding on to this rope, this safety rope as we're doing it. And then out of nowhere, like this like this flame just shoots up out of the like of the of the forest. There's like a forest below us, and this flame shoots up, and I can start to hear people scream. I can smell burning flesh, yeah. and I can feel the heat. And then before I know it, the slide is gone and I'm free falling down on this rope. And then the last thing I remember were my feet being caught on fire from whatever it was that was shooting up flames. And then I woke up and I was like in this really bad panic attack. Like I, it was like, it was just like, oh my God, like I just weird fucking nightmare. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm thinking to myself at this point, 
uh, you know, people before 9-11 happened were having dreams about being on a plane, planes crashing into buildings, and they're very realistic. So I'm like, man, is this like one of those weird prophetic dreams? And so I start like, yeah, I start Googling at 3.20 in the morning, Brad Paisley concerts, and sure as shit, oh, no. Brad Paisley is on tour right now. Um, and he's on tour overseas in Europe. Um, and so there's a couple like in Germany, uh, Switzerland and somewhere else. And so I was trying to like look up the venues, uh, to, uh, you know, see if maybe they matched what I saw in my dream uh-huh, and uh-huh. none of the venues really matched up, but I couldn't, sh- I couldn't shake that pan, that panicky feeling like something was just wrong. So about like four o'clock in the, you know, so like almost four o'clock in the morning, like I finally fall back to sleep. Well, the next morning I'm getting ready to go to work. Um, and Jeffrey comes in and she's like, honey, I, I, I was having really bad dreams last night and I couldn't sleep. And I'm like, wait, what? She's like, yeah, I kept having these nightmares. And I'm like, well, fuck, what time was it? And she's like, well, you know, um, I kept waking up and uh, I, I looked down at my my uh, the, the clock on my phone and it was about three ten, and I'm like kind of perked up and I'm like, well, um, I was having nightmares all last night and it was really realistic and I told her the time that I woke up, which was about three twenty, and mm-hmm. she had said that she basically um, was having these small nightmare dreams, something that. It wasn't like somebody was dying or anything, or she could like smell stuff like I was, but it was mm-hmm. stuff that would make her nervous. So like at first she had a dream where she was late to work. And so like, you know, that's something that like she has to be on time. So it was small things that would make her panic. So then she would wake up and then she'd fall back to sleep and she would have a dream that the kids got abducted from school. So then she'd wake up in a panic and she would have a dream that we got in a fight about something. And so she'd wake up in a panic. And then she said the last on the last dream at about 315, 320, somewhere in there, um, she woke up, couldn't go back to sleep because she her just, you know, she was worked up. She was like feeling panicky and she turned over and she saw the shadow move across the room it got to the doorway and it was basically blocking the light out of the doorway. And then um, she bolted up out of bed. She heard a child laugh and then the shadow just disappeared and lights started to filter back through the, the hallway again. What the fuck? Yeah. So the, at the same time that she was having nightmares and having bad dreams, I was having nightmares and bad dreams. And then she ended up seeing uh, or seeing a shadowy figure in her room, leaving her room and then laughing at the same time. And then last night, um, same thing. Uh, I was out on the couch with the dog, and we were uh, being snore buddies. And she actually came and got me and said that she was having the panic dreams again, and she felt something in the room. And so she uh, kicked the boxer to his crate and uh, suffered through my snoring just so that she could have a a peace (laughs) of mind. (laughs) Just have a companion there. Yeah. Okay, so now did you you tell me the other day that one of the kids also suffered nightmares that night as well or something yeah, similar? Yeah, yeah, so Addie was with us, and um, we asked her, we're like, hey, Addie, did you have any bad dreams last night? She's like, well, I mean, I had this dream that I was falling, and I couldn't stop falling, and then when I woke up, um, I was right at the edge of the bed, and I felt like if I rolled over anymore, like I was going to fall off the bed. So she just uh-huh. had that panic dream of just falling into darkness, like falling, 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 falling. And when she finally woke up, she was just 
right at the, the edge of that <laughs> bed, teetering on the edge. Yeah. Okay. And then, and so in your dream, did you didn't you mention that you and her were falling at some point? Yeah, I was actually falling out of uh, the building. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. That's what I thought you said. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Weird. Well, you know, like I think back to when I used to watch uh, the Nickelodeon Nicktoons, and they had all real monsters or our real monsters or whatever. And one of the monsters' uh, school tasks was they used to have to go around and practice the art of giving nightmares to people. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. would involve them sticking their finger into somebody's ear and, you know, touching their brain or whatever. And then the thoughts they would have, they could inject those into the psyche of the human that they were trying to, you know, give a nightmare to. And I know we talked about dreams before because you reminded me about that, that we talked yep. about that. <clears throat> Pardon me. On a previous episode. And that was a creature that oftentimes does that, something that comes into your room, and it's even in that famous painting, The Nightmare, mm-hmm. where you know, you've got the woman there on the bed and the little imp sitting on her chest. You know, there, there is folklore of these imps that come into your room and sit on top of your chest or sit there and, like, you know, mess with your head while you're sleeping, yeah. and they kind of inject those bad dreams into your brain. So, And then in the German folklore, I mean, they, the imps are... Uh, are uh... They're basically what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, Little bastards. Yeah, they're. they're I mean, but they're ch- they're presented <laughs> as childlike entities. They're small right. little tricksters. It, yeah. So I thought that that you know, looking back, that that that's uh, interesting. That she said that the shadowy person that she saw was childlike, and yeah. as it was leaving the room, it was giggling almost like a child. Like, <laughs> yeah. And you checked with Addie, and it wasn't her like scuttling off, or right? Like whatever. Yeah. yeah. So weird. So how well is that hallway or your guys' doorway, uh, uh, how well is that area uh, lit? Um, it's actually lit really well because uh, at the end of that that hallway in between the three bedrooms and the bathroom, um, we all sleep with the doors shut and mm-hmm. um, uh, th- we have a light the like a little dangly light from the ceiling and that's on all the time. And so uh, at nighttime, like if you open up the bedroom door, you can actually see out to that hallway. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so when Jeffrey awoke, that's the weird thing that her bedroom door was open and she could see the, the light from the hallway being blocked by something. Gotcha. Okay. Gosh, that's so bizarre, man. Cause everything, Everything that you said is like, yeah, those are bad dreams. It's, it's a pretty interesting coincidence that you guys all had panic dreams together. You know, three-way coincidence. Addie having a falling dream is, that's just, you know, normal kid stuff. But then the idea of that little thing, you know, walking through the house, just fucking with you guys and Jeffrey possibly seeing it. That's a creepy-ass part. Because didn't you say you guys were plagued by shadow people, so to speak, in the house previously, too? Like, wasn't Jeffrey experiencing that shit? Um, yeah, there. I mean, she's had several different experiences where, um, like, uh, uh, like the first month that she moved in with me, um, she was, uh, like, she was waking up and she couldn't remember any dreams or anything, but she would wake up and uh, she would feel very panicked, very worried. And uh, we didn't have uh, the bedroom done yet for Addie, so she was out sleeping on the couch. And uh, Jeffrey felt like just like, you know, something was wrong with Addie and she would come out and check on her. And then, you know, Addie was fine. She was sound asleep with the dog. And then um, she would go to lay. Jeffrey would go to lay back down and then she would hear like this breathing right next to her ear, like uh, an old raspy, like. 
you know, somebody with an oxygen uh, tank, you know, like, yeah, yeah. And, and then she would wake up, go run back out, check on Addie. Addie was perfectly sleeping fine. And then, all right, I'm going to lay back down. And then right before she'd get to sleep, she'd hear that, that breathing noise again. And then uh, we went on a, me and you, uh, we went out on a, uh, one of the obstacle races in Kansas City, and um, she came over to watch Bruce before she moved in. And uh, Bruce had torn down the blinds off of uh, Blake's uh, bedroom window because he's very, um, he's he's a very panicky dog. He's got a lot of anxiety, so like he has to be able to see yeah. you. And so I didn't get the blinds replaced, and so she's outside with the dog as he's you know going to the bathroom, and that hallway light was on. And she said that uh, out of the corner of her eye, she felt like something was watching her. So she turned to look through that window and standing in that hallway was, uh, she said, that looked like uh, like the Quaker Oats guy off the box. Like it was that yeah. brim hat. Yeah. And then she was like, wait a minute. And then she turned back to look because she's like, that does, that, who the fuck's in the house? And then she was like, <laughs> right. it was gone. It, it wasn't there. So she's like, well, you're done potting, dog. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Um, so. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that now. Yeah. And that, that entity with that Quaker Oats hat is also, you know, the, the hat man and, and scratch and all that. Yeah. So that's bizarre, dude. You uh, might want to burn some sage if you. <laughs> that shit. <laughs> or if you're like me, you're like, and maybe I'll give it a little longer. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a little while longer. And maybe I uh, get out like a voice recorder and two and just press play and be like, listen, motherfucker, we all right. gotta live together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, interesting, dude. Keep uh keep us uh shit. <laughs> this is the problem with not doing the edit. People are gonna hear me sit here I'm trying to read a text as I'm talking. Keep us posted on what's going on with that. And uh, I'm anxious to see what happens, man. If, if that's the end of it, or if you if you have more yeah. going on. Well, I think it's time we jump into the main crux of the episode here, and uh, that is Cryptid Encounters Part Eight: The Grafton Monster. Ooh. That's right, folks. We're talking about the Beast of Grafton, the Frankenstein of the Forest, the Headless Horror himself, the infamous. Grafton monster. And I didn't know much about this guy before you and I played Fallout 76. Had you ever really got down and dirty with this guy before? Nope. That was my first encounter with him as well when we pumped it full of lead with our shotguns. <laughs> as we do a lot of things. So this thing, it's short and it's sweet. It's a lot like me, but there's not a lot on it. There's not a lot about it really. And it actually boils down to really just one main encounter. So on June 16th of 1964, at around 11 p.m., this young reporter is driving home from his evening job at the Grafton Sentinel, and his name is Robert Cockrell. And he's driving around alongside the Riverside Drive, which follows the Tigart River. It's late. He's getting kind of tired. He still has his wits about him, but you know how you are when you get off work. He's a little burned out, and he's ready just to go home. So he's driving along at about 50 miles an hour down a street, or a road rather, that he knows very well. And as he comes around one particular curve, straight in the middle of the road, just inside of his headlights, he sees something really wicked, something that just seems out of place. And he describes it at first being far enough away, a big hulking white or cream-colored mass 
And at first he thought maybe it was like a big rock in the middle of the road. And he seemed like he's really, really, you know, really confused. Like, what the hell is this giant, you know, a boulder doing in the middle of the road? So as he gets closer, I might have to do a little editing here. The thing, okay, as he gets closer, the thing kind of walks or lumbers off the road into the tall grass next to the shoulder of the road. And he says almost as soon as he saw it, he concluded that the object is not an object at all, but instead a living beast. And as he passes by this thing, of course, he only has a few seconds to really get his bearings about him and, and see what it is. But he describes this thing as somewhere between seven and nine feet tall. At its shoulders, it had to have been about four feet wide and its skin was stark white with this really weird wet seal skin looking kind of coating like its like skin was made out of you know blubber or something and he said to him he couldn't tell that it actually had a head or a face the thing almost looked like it was just slapped together almost like clay in a way like you know parts of it were a little bit bigger than others one of the legs was a little bit wider and one of the arms may have been a little bit you know bigger around and maybe a little bit more long kind of like an abomination of some kind he didn't have very long to look at it but he knew he had to get the hell out of there right so he drives the rest of the way home freaking out like what the fuck did i just see you know maybe it's just my eyes playing tricks on me but it really really looked like there was something standing there watching me as i drove by so he has to sit there and kind of de decide whether or not he's going to tell somebody. Because back in the 60s, you know, we're at the prime of sci-fi and monster comic books. But at the same time, if you came forward and said you saw one of these things, you were just another kook. Just another crazy, you know, guy running up the street yelling, monster, monster. Because, you know, we already have, you know, the Braxton County uh, Flatwoods monster. You got Mothman. All these cryptids that are already being, you know, reported already. So you really risk your reputation if you come out of the woodwork and report that you, you know, saw another monster. So after a couple hours, you know, he has a drink, he calms down, and he decides to return to the scene and do some investigations. So he calls up a couple buddies of his, and they go down, kind of roughly in the area where he's pretty sure he saw this creature. Now he says they're there for about an hour, looking around, shining flashlights, that their shotguns in hand, and they don't find they don't find anything other than a large patch of grass that looks like it had been trampled down or something heavy had either stood there or had actually passed through it or even sat down now they're starting to kind of lose interest in what's going on until they hear a really strange whistling sound down you know downwind so they're trying to figure out what the hell this is. They can hear something kind of skulking around in the tall grass as this weird whistling noise gets louder and louder. They don't know what it is because they didn't stay long enough to figure it out. They just pieced the fuck out and left. So the next day when Cockrell goes back to work at the newspaper, he decides he's going to go ahead and tell his editor what happened. So on June 18th, a small story is published in the paper and of course, like a wildfire, the word of his sighting races through Grafton, and soon it becomes open season for monsters. <laughs> so the whole you know, the whole town riots together. They've got mallets, crowbars, flashlights, baseball bats, 
you know, hunks of two by fours, and they all just go traipsing through the forest trying to find, quote unquote, the headless horror that Cockrell had reported seeing two days before. So well over 20 people say they saw it, including seeing it traipsing through the nearby stone quarry. They were questioned individually by Cockrell, but all of the witnesses' accounts were tailed by to the finest, I'm sorry, all of their accounts were tailed with the finest details, and a lot of folks claim to have seen exactly what he did. Some reports even say he left a few details out of the newspaper. That way people wouldn't quite be able to, you know, say they saw the same thing, but a lot of people's eyewitness reports were the exact same thing that Cockrell saw himself. Now, most people think it may have just been a rogue or escaped polar bear from a nearby zoo, but Cockrell is positive. What he saw was not a polar bear. It was big and broad and bulky in the shoulders. It had, you know, pretty muscular legs, and it looked like it was just one solid chunk of a bunch of different muscles just kind of slapped together. So, in a second article published on June 19th in the Graffin Sentinel, they dismissed the creature by just saying, you know... It just seems too convenient. You got a bunch of teenagers running through town saying they saw a monster. Meanwhile, it's, it's hot outside. It's the middle of the summertime. People are bored. They have nothing better. To, uh, they have nothing better to do than make up a story and see how big it can blow up. So that is their entertainment for the summer. So that kind of concludes, you know, the sightings and really the tale of the Grafton monster. People in West Virginia, you know, continue to say that they've seen it here and there. And West Virginia kind of seems to be, you know, the hotbed for this kind of paranormal stuff with Mothman, with uh, the Flatwoods monster, now the Grafted monster. But that's not quite where the tale's going to end, Preston, because after kind of reading this story and after playing, and I, and I kind of forgot about this uh, for the longest time, and I just remembered it this, you know, last fall when you and I were playing Fallout. Um, back when I lived in El Dorado, and this was like shortly after high school, so we're talking probably like 2004, 2005, somewhere uh -huh. in there. Uh, after I got off work at Pizza Hut, me and a lot of the guys would, you know, get together as you do at that age. And my buddy Tovar, my buddy Diggs, and my buddy Adam, the four of us decided we would go out for a walk slash jog. In El Dorado in the north part, just before you get to the lake, there's a really, really sweet uh, bike trail. Paved, lit, it's fantastic. It goes, you know, kind of behind some houses through this housing development. It then turns, goes through a tunnel, and after you go through the tunnel that, you know, the train tracks go over, you come out on the golf course. And then it's probably like a mile, mile and a half uh, worth of a ride or a jog, maybe two miles. And then it spits you out at the end of the dam where you can then kind of walk up the dam. So it was pretty common for us to go out at night and go jog the bike trail. And then if we were still feeling pretty squirrely, we'd try to run up the side of the dam. So one night, Tovar and Adam and Diggs and I thought we'd go for a jog. And it's going to be probably about 1230 at night because we probably got off around midnight, I'm going to guess. And so we're out jogging and we go under the tunnel and we start to make our way kind of parallel uh, to the golf course. And I can't help but notice this really weird... I'm going to call it a figure or a form mm -hmm. in, the, in the tall grass. And it looks to me like it's white and it looks like it's a large, like a big fucking dog, big dog, like a great Pyrenees or something. 
and I can only catch a glimpse every now and then because it kind of, you know, gets right up to the edge of the grass where you can just barely see it through the grass, and then it kind of sways off back and disappears in the taller grass. But every time it gets closer in the moonlight and in the light of the actual bike path, it looks like it's got this weird, slippery, almost wet or gleaming skin, kind of like blubber or a seal, but it's like alabaster in color. And I'm ignoring it, thinking like, you know what, I've been attacked by a dog before, a Great Pyrenees, in fact. Uh, so I know what to prepare for. Mentally, I'm like, okay, there might be a you know, stray dog out here. Um, so kind of going into defense mode a little bit, but still jogging and uh, having a good time. So we get to the end of the bike trail at the base of the dam, and I can visibly see that Tovar's kind of nervous, but Adam and Diggs don't really seem to notice whatever the thing, this thing is. So we're standing there kind of in a clearing in this little parking lot. We're talking, and then we decide, like, hey, we're going to go ahead and turn around and run back. So we all kind of get in order, and Tovar and I are both in front, and Diggs and Adam are kind of trailing behind us a little bit. And we're jogging, and we're jogging, and we're jogging. And I mean, in no time at all, you can hear something making its way through this fucking grass again. And it's big enough to where you can see, and the grass is probably five, six feet tall. It's pretty tall, wild grass. You can see it kind of flailing like something's going through it. You can see it spreading apart. And as you look kind of behind, you can see it standing back up like something large is passing through it. And I look over and I see Tovar and Tovar is just kind of in shock, like running faster. And I'm like, fuck, I'm not in that great a shape. Tovar was in good shape. Pardon me. And so I'm trying to keep up with Tovar and he's going a lot faster. And finally, you know, we get to a point where we got to stop because we're breathing really hard and we're out of breath, and I look over, and I was like, Tovar, what, what's the matter, dude? And he's like, nothing, man, nothing. And I was like, no, did you did you see it? And he gets, like, fucking white in the face. And Tovar had a pretty dark complexion, so to see him just lose all the color in his face was actually pretty, you know, frightening. And he's like, there's something in the fucking grass, man. And, like, he were breathing hard, and he's like, it's, it's kept pace with us as soon as we left the tunnel, um... When we started our run, it's been by our side and it keeps kind of dodging and weaving in this tall grass and disappearing when the grass kind of goes down and then all of a sudden it's there again. And I can tell the dude's visibly shaken. So we finish the run, we get to the very end, and then now, you know, we're at our cars and stuff. So later that night, I asked Tovar, I'm like, okay, dude, like, we've had time to think about it. You've got your breath. We've rested a little bit. What the fuck did you see? And he just said, whatever this thing was running beside us, was like a cream-colored thing. And he said, I think it was on four, four legs. It was large like a big dog. I couldn't see any features, but it just looked really, really well-built, so to speak. And he's like, it never got clear enough for me to see exactly what it was, but I know it had white skin. And I know this thing had no trouble keeping up, uh, you know, keeping up with us. And whatever it was, it was confident enough that when we would slow down to like walk for a second to catch our breath during the run, it would immediately slow down with us too. So it wasn't a case of like it never got past us. It never fell behind us. It just kept pace with us. So we didn't talk about that much after that. Every once in a great while, we'd kind of, you know, joke about the thing out there on the golf course or the thing on the bike trail or whatever. <clears throat> so then if you fast forward to probably 2007, 2008, you know, Shayla and I are now married. We still live in El Dorado. But uh, we would go to this little bar in Wichita called The Lamplighter. And we'd go, I mean, almost once a week, at least two or three times a month, we'd go sing karaoke on like a Thursday night. 
And one night, Tony didn't go with us because I double-checked with him today. He never went with us on this trip, but it was myself and Shayla and our friend uh, Tony. I'm not shit, sorry. Did I lose you again? Are you there? Yeah, it keeps cutting out, so I just I kind of leave the call and join the call. Oh, okay, cool. Cool, no worries. Just want to make sure I didn't lose you completely. Yep. Okay, so let me backtrack there. So one night, we're going to the Lamplighter to sing karaoke, and I'm driving, and it's myself and Shayla, and then our friend Tim, and then his wife. And I'm going to leave her name out, because I just, I don't, I'll just call, I'll call her, uh, I just want to say her name. Uh, we drive to Wichita, and we're in my old, uh, probably my, probably a blue Pontiac Grand Dam, or maybe Shayla's Red Cavalier. Any hoozle. No, you know what it was? It is my sweet-ass spring break mobile, my 2005 Ford Focus. <laughs> no, not the Ranger that you used to have. No, no, no. I got that afterwards. But yeah, so so we drove from El Dorado to Wichita. So it's probably about a good, you know, 30, 40 minute drive from our house actually into Wichita to the karaoke bar. So we go sing karaoke, have some beers. I'm the guy who's the driver. So I only had a couple beers through probably about a two, three hour, you know, course. So not drunk, not tipsy, not buzzed. I've got my wits about me. You know, everybody else got to drink and I was, you know, the DD for lack of better. So we're driving home and we're going down, I want to say, I want to say it was 37th Street. It may have been 137th. But basically, it's this old country paved road that goes out of uh, Wichita up, you know, down to uh, Highway 254, which is the main artery that then goes into El Dorado from Wichita. And like we're driving and we go, we cross the train tracks and the street lights are kind of becoming more and more sparse. It's a pretty well-lit night. And as we're going, like, Shayla's asleep in the passenger seat. Tim and Chelsea, well, shit, I just said her name. <laughs> They're asleep in the back seat. And we're just driving. And I'm like, whatever, I got the music on. Uh, and I think I see something off in the distance as I'm coming up on something like a deer on the side of the road. So I kind of slow down, I put the high beams on, and I'm going about 45 miles an hour down this, you know, old country paved road. And as I get closer, there's this thing kind of staggering, almost scuttling, and it's it's not like twitchy, like Silent Hill, but it's really weird steps. Like it's got a weird gait, and it's almost like it's not sure of itself, or almost like a baby deer walking. But the thing is the size of, you know, a human being, and it's probably about five and a half, six feet tall, but a lot like the Grafton monster, whatever the fuck this thing was, it was like alabaster in color. It didn't have a head. It just kind of had these big bulbous shoulders. And it looked like something like you would have just sculpted out of clay. One of the legs is kind of a little bit bigger. One of the arms is kind of short and stocky. And it looks like it's just like made out of like lumps and blobs and shit like that. And you got to keep in mind, this is all in a matter of you know, five, 10 seconds of me first seeing it in the headlights, driving up to it. And as I'm passing it, it fucking lunged at my car. And it wasn't like it jumped out in front of it. <clears throat> it wasn't like it fell or it stopped. It jumped. It sprung off of two legs, arms outreached in front like it was trying to grab the car. It was the weirdest thing. So I see this all, you know, in a boom, five, 10 second span of time. I swerve the car as soon as the thing jumps because I'm like, what the fuck is that? Um, I kind of go off into the grass a little bit. Everybody wakes up like, oh, what the fuck's going on? What the hell? And I'm trying to play it cool because I'm like, you know, not really as big into this weird stuff, you know, outwardly as I am now. 
And I'm like, oh shit, sorry guys, I almost hit a deer back there. And you know, meanwhile, like I've I've got goosebumps, my blood has gone cold, I've got a cold sweat. And I'm like, yeah, sorry guys, go back to sleep, it's no big deal. And I'm like checking the rear view, the thing I don't see it anymore. It either fell down or it ran off or whatever. And I've got about two or three seconds of clarity where I'm like, you know what? My mind's playing tricks on me. And fucking Tim, and Tim's, you know, the straight man. He's not, he's, he's a funny guy, but he doesn't really, I don't think, care about this woo-woo kind of stuff. And he's just like, that wasn't a fucking deer at all. Whatever the fuck that was, it looked like a person. It looked like a fucking naked albino guy just jumped out and tried to fucking grab the mirror off the side of your car. And my blood just fucking froze. And it just terrified me. And I'm like, and, and of course, you know, the girls have both kind of fallen back asleep. And I'm like, Tim, what the fuck was that, dude? I said, that was just a deer. A deer just jumped out in front of the car. I had to swerve to miss it. And he's like, no. That thing looked like something straight out of, straight out of Silent Hill. It was staggering up towards the fucking side of the road. It saw you, and that thing jumped out and, and like tried to grab your car. He's like, whatever the fuck it was, I don't want to ever go back there and see what it was again. And he's like, and he just got real quiet. So I don't know what the hell we saw that night or whenever we were on our jog that one evening. But it sounds an awful lot like maybe Kansas's own smaller version of the Grafton Monster. I've never seen it again. I've never really heard stories about it. But I do know I wasn't the only one to see this thing. And the people I was with were very honest, you know, no reason to lie, you know, no reason to make up a story kind of people. And we saw the same exact thing. So I don't, I don't know what I saw. Um, I, we had this joke back in high school and, and, you know, college age of this thing that would go around eating stray cats uh, that my buddy Matt and Tony would always talk about. And I think we called it like a gachaba or something. So anyway, I wanted to ask you, Preston. Where where do these stories of these cryptids come from? Like, how do you just start off with this? Is it just somebody's encounter, somebody's sighting, and then through years of urban legends, it finally gains traction? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if I have, you know, uh, the soapbox to stand on, but I would like to say on the show, maybe we have a new cryptid that is somewhere in central Kansas South Central Kansas, and I think I'm going to call this fucker the Gachaba. You know, uh, it's it's ironic that uh, you said um, you described it as white, being white, mm-hmm. right? Our yeah, buddy I mean, Colin, listening who, off of it, it's illuminated out there in the who dark. What now? I said sorry. the uh, The moonlight is shining off of it. It's illuminated. You can see its skin. It's got like this like oily sheen to it. And, I mean, there's no fur, there's no hair. It's just this weird, like, hairless thing. So, Right. Uh, Colin uh, described seeing something um, up north of Kansas uh, that uh, was white. Um, Oh, back when he was a truck driver or something? Yeah. uh, He was uh, on the road with a buddy, and he saw something. He was like... You know, it was, uh, he couldn't tell if it, like, if it was fur, but it was, like, white, um, and it was just really big, like, almost like lion size, like a big cat, but he was like, I saw it, I thought my buddy who was asleep next to me, uh, you know, like, what do I tell this guy, but he was awake, and he's like, dude, what the fuck was that? Yeah. And, uh... 
he was like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, dude, but it was, it was big. It was like, kind of like white fur. Um, so we need to get him on, have him tell that story. We do. Yeah. It's funny. Cause he told us that story, um, down at public at the, uh, beard and mustache comp. Yeah. That the bearded monkeys put on. And, uh, he told us that by the pinball machine. I remember that now. Yeah. I guess in my head, I didn't really make a connection because I just assumed a cat. So it was furry, but interesting. Well, in the spirit of spooky shit and all these tales we tell, I would like to go on record, boom, insert stamp noise. I think we got a new cryptid on our hands. I think this creature is called the Gachaba, named after my, my dear friends Tony and Matt. And uh, if I would elaborate further, because of the lore they created, this thing has a steady diet of stray cats. <laughs> but not just stray cats, not just any old stray cat. Stray cats that have kind of a, uh, what would you call that, a risky past. They make some bad decisions. Ooh. Shady, shady feline type. So there you go, folks, the Gachapa. It's the Grafton monster, but it just doesn't lift. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed this show. Uh, much like the Grafton monster and the potential Gachapa, this, this episode is kind of slapped together with many different parts. Um, but we cannot wait to get back on track next episode with Star People Part 3 and then some good, good stuff coming your way. But Preston, do you got anything you want to plug, buddy, before we get out of here? Yeah, as always, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, if you want to grow a beard that won't be confused with a cryptid, check out BigDobsBeardBomb.com and use promo code PXL. P-A-R-A for 20% off your order for scents like Dundee Cedar, Fresh, Centrus, Mitt, Sweet Tobacco, Classic, and we got some news from Dobbs. Hell yeah. Dobbs so, is rolling out <laughs> Dobbs 2.0, and Sean's going to tell you all about it. <laughs> That's what happens when we don't script stuff. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, Big Dobbs has rolled out Big Dobbs Beard Bomb 2.0. Much like the mad scientist who possibly made the creature of Grafton, he went back to his lab and tried to figure out yet again, how can I make an already badass product even freaking better? So he's gone back, he's reformulated, he's got a new process, and he's got a new product, guys. It might not be the same old Beard Bomb you had before because it's better. Big Dobbs was never a, a bad product, but, you know, sometimes you can make something great even freaking better. So that's what he's done. You've got a better consistency, longer-lasting sense, and overall just a more badass product. So and I do trust believe... trust me, a little bit goes a long way because... <laughs> it does. Uh, the new formula, like, just a dab will do it because uh, I might have put too much in the first go-around and my face was extra <laughs> wet. <laughs> extra sloppy. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too, man. I'm using about uh, maybe half to two-thirds of what I used to use and getting still a pretty awesome uh, amount of hold. Uh, the day glow, some people have described my beard having. So, hell yeah, check it out. And I do believe uh, that's rolled out now. So anything you get now, to the best of our knowledge, will be the new uh, improved Dobbs 2.0. So hats yeah. off to you, buddy. We're proud of you. You continue to just be the master alchemist of the bearded world, and we sure appreciate you, dude. And we're still waiting for the dapper Sasquatch. Yeah, we're still waiting for that dapper Squatch, man. We want we want the smell of a Sasquatch who is going out on the town for a night. 
<laughs> so, yeah, do that. Um, okay, guys, check out the rest of the shows on Pixelated Sausage Network. Check out Pixelated Radio. No, shit, sorry, that one's not active. Try <laughs> Check out Pixelated Sausage with Mark. It's a solo cast where he talks about all sorts of great movies and pop culture, video games, everything that he consumes he likes to review. Check out the Attack of the Backlog on YouTube. And also, we've got a Patreon. If you want to throw a few shillings our way, you're more than welcome to. It's not going to unlock any bonus episodes because we're all about the free content. But we may roll out some pretty fun rewards, so to speak, for patrons. Uh, more on that later. Don't get mad. Don't run away. It's nothing that will ever sully the content you get. But maybe for a few bucks, a couple bucks a month, maybe you get to throw in uh, an entire episode of your choosing where you choose the content. Maybe something special like that. Who knows? We're still ironing out the details, but check it out if you want. It's in the show notes, especially on the uh, Apple podcast. Um, and then, like I said, we got that new show coming up pretty quick. That show, of course, will be free as well. Always um, more on that next episode. But uh, otherwise, Preston, what's my favorite podcast about race cars? Sports cars unleashed, where if you're not first, <laughs> you're last. Boom. Awesome. All right. I think that just about does it. Check out our buddies over at Gunslinger Soap. <sighs> I think that I think that'll do for this episode. Catch us next time, guys. Star People Part 3. Cheers to the weird shit and those of us who love to talk about it. And stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. The cast that Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.